the show, go over to our support store and get some awesome looking clothing. We got rock on hats, rock on shirts. The rock on hats are embroidered. Get your exclusive merchandise now. Rock on. begins again. What's up, everyone? How you guys doing? We got a show that's going to get you kind of upset. Yes, it's going to get you upset. The Mania, I talked about this in the segment yesterday. Boy, are they a bunch of blowhards, man. Bunch of blowhards. I'm going to be talking about that incident out in Cleveland. We actually just got one of the eyewitnesses emailed us about what happened and actually a letter that they sent to cleveland.com the ones that are actually covering this story and we're also going to be covering this so-called umbrella man you should see how the rest of the media organizations are now reporting this they are trying to blame this umbrella man for all the rioting and damage in Minneapolis. Yes, they need a scapegoat. Sickening stuff, man. It really is. Let me read you this, and it was sent to me today. I'm not going to give you the sender's uh, address or email, whatever the hell it is. Uh, but this is a letter that they sent to Cleveland.com regarding this incident. And then... I'm going to show you how the media just took that story and ran with it. This is, uh, you know, about Mongols and the Hells Angels in Cleveland. I am writing you in regards to the article written about the incident that happened at the Shell gas station in Valley View, Ohio on Saturday, July 25th, 2020. Your report has a lot of false information in it and is also adding fuel to the fire that should have never been lit. This situation was completely preventable and was extremely unnecessary. As a person who was there, this was not a turf war between two bike clubs. This was an attack on a couple of guys out riding their bikes. Not one person from the stabbing victims group was in Mongols gear. They were in street clothes, as the footage will show. And now they're talking about the footage that hasn't been released yet, but I'm sure that that's uh, what they're talking about. Uh, when it gets released, we'll let you guys know. Uh, they stopped the fill-up before going riding when a known hangaround of the Hells Angels and a former 47 club member, and they say it's a sister club of the Hells Angels, who goes by the name Joe D. from Garfield Heights, pointed at the group of bikers at the gas station. The reasons are not clear at this time. The Hells Angels and the hangarounds who were on their way to the 47 club, located on Warner Road, right up the hill did a u-turn and circled back to the gas station this is very very interesting a lot of cordial knowledge of what happened there names everything uh, it, uh, this might be somebody from the actual group 
uh you just can you know i'm just going in my head okay okay he knows this that whatever i'll just keep reading keep the statement talk about it more in the final thoughts the man who pointed at them originally initiated the altercation and enticed the entire fight the stabbing victim who is much younger than reported in your article now they're talking about the cleveland.com one was walking out of the gas station when attacked by John Fuller with a knife. That's, uh, I believe, the Hell's Angel that died. Again, on video, well, um, that's what we're going to be looking for. The shooter, shooter is the stabbing victim's older brother, and that's the blood brother. He saw Fuller was choking the stabbing victim while stabbing him repeatedly in the head at the same time, and the shooter repeatedly told Fuller to stop or he was going to shoot. Then he put also on camera. The shooter screamed multiple times to Fuller, which Fuller ignored and started aiming for the victim's throat. When the older brother opened fire, the older brother saved his younger brother's life from this senseless act of violence. The shooter and old blood brother of the stabbing victim did everything by the book and did everything he was taught in his CCW class, meaning he had a concealed permit, and immediately followed all police orders. The hangaround of the Hells Angel, who started the entire thing, tried to run, but police caught him. The family of the stabbing victim was called on scene. There were no Mongols, no supporters, or any bike clubs other than the Hells Angels. The stabbing victim's family was surrounded by Hells Angels and supporters who were parked in all surrounding locations of the gas station, threatening them and taking videos and pictures of them on the scene when asked by police to leave the stabbing victim's family had to be escorted out by police for they were in fear of being followed or worse this was not a violent turf war this was not club related this was a hang around trying to earn his stripes and show his loyalty to the very same club where he got a member of the hell's angels murdered for no reason these are the facts not for the sake of a big story, but actual facts. And that, again, came to us through email. Uh, wow, if a lot of that stuff is true, and it sounds like they got a lot of details in there uh, that the public don't know about. I'm going to be interested in seeing this video and what it has to show. Uh, but... As you'll see with the article that we're going to cover about this incident later on in the show, these two things don't match whatsoever. Whatsoever. Hopefully, because they said they sent this to the reporter, as you can tell you know, how it was written, it was written towards them, that they'll actually step back, take a look at uh, what the hell's going on here, uh, instead of just looking at Leo's story look at what the witnesses to this event have to say because if it's true these two groups and you gotta you know you gotta look at it and say well it, i don't think the mongols have one in ohio then you're looking at uh you know the motives of law enforcement if this incident uh played out the way this uh person said so let me know what you think of that but we're going to be covering that article as well that way you get both sides of the story there but something's fishy man something's fishy so let's get on to the news and let's get this game started
today is from Fox23.com, Motorcycle Club hosts Back the Blue Ride. Uh, again, we're going to start off with a couple, uh, you know, different stories, then we'll go into our main uh, meet of today's show. Uh, let's listen in. Happening now, organizers are getting ready for a big fundraiser in Tulsa. They're honoring fallen Tulsa Police Sergeant Craig Johnson and recovering officer Arush Zarkashan. Fox 23's Amanda Gilbert is live at the FOP Lodge near 21st and 129th. Amanda, you have new details this morning about that Back the Blue ride. I do, and right now they are already starting to line up motorcycles for the ride, kicking off in a few hours. You might be able to hear one gearing up right now. Now, organizers tell me they were originally planning on having around 200 people show up for this ride. Now, around 1,000 have shown interest, some from surrounding states. So a little bit more background here. The group, the Gunfighters Motorcycle Club, made up, made up of active and retired law enforcement, is doing this. Now, they hope in just a few hours people will actually stand and show their support along the route for the motorcyclists and show their support for the families of Sergeant Craig Johnson and Officer Arash Jarkashan. We're a family. We all realize that we've been through circumstances where we've put each other's lives in each other's hands, and that's a tight-knit group that's hard to explain if you've never done that. And registration for this event does start at 9 in the morning, so in about an hour. This is on 21st Street. Going over money here, it costs $20 for riders and $10 for passengers. All the money is going to go to support those two families. Reporting live in East Tulsa, covering news that matters, I'm Amanda Gilbert, Fox 23 News. Personally, I think she needs a nose job. My God, is she fugly, man. Woo! Man, they raise them different down in Oklahoma. Woo! Anyway, let's go to the northern border. Police are issuing a warning regarding outlaw motorcycle gangs in Niagara region. This by Thor News staff. Let's listen in on the video. They flaunt the fact that they're the 1%. They're the 1% of society that doesn't follow the rules. So dramatic. Their crime affects us all and the threat to public safety and they're basically embedded in every level of society. Twenty oh six joint police investigation into criminal activities led to arrest of twenty six people. Uh, they also seized the clubhouse, and now I'm going off of the video here because they're all dramatic and crap. Uh, they're showing the inside of uh, the Hells Angels clubhouse, bar, all that good stuff. Now they're checking out the bikes, but let's go into the story more. I don't need dramatics, man. Uh, the news release from the Ontario Provincial Police with Niagara Regional Police Service warned that the public... Despite the demolition of the Hells Angels clubhouse, people should exercise caution as outlaw motorcycle gangs continue to operate in the region. On January 21st, 2020, the Niagara Falls Hells Angel clubhouse was demolished to prevent the continuation of criminal activity at that location. The seizure of the property was the result of a 2006 province-wide police investigation called Project Tandem, which led to the arrest of 26 people, including 15 Hells Angels members, 
Over $1 million in cash and $3 million in drugs were seized along with motorcycles, cars, weapons, and the clubhouse. The property was proven to be used for the planning and execution of criminal activities under the guise of a legitimate business. This was the first successfully litigated seizure of a Hells Angel clubhouse in Canadian history. Police advise the public to limit contact with outlaw motorcycle gang members and report illegal activity. The Ontario Police, uh, along with our police and partners, have made significant impact to gang activity. Outlaw motorcycle gangs continue to operate in the region and have been linked with drug trafficking, fraud, and extortion. We urge members of the public to speak out when they see illegal activities. Together, we can ensure a safer Ontario. Man, you guys are so dramatic up there, you Leo. <laughs> anyway, that's the uh, warning that they're issuing to private citizens. Let's go to one of the main stories. And yes, it has to do with Umbrella Man. And this, is, it, these, this story is being picked up by everybody around the country. This one's uh, from my neck of the woods. And the leadoff, police, man-linked, and listen to this, man-linked to white supremacy groups sparked Minneapolis riots over Floyd. This is the same story I was talking about where they ran with an email from an unidentified source, okay? Same story. Let's listen to what they have to say. A police search warrant says this was a key moment when the riots took a more violent turn. Have to get the a man in goes. black with an umbrella broke out windows of a Lake Street auto zone. A tipster told police that the umbrella man is a member of the Hells Angels a and wanted to sow discord and racial unrest. The search warrant says the man is a known associate of the Aryan Cowboys, a prison gang out of Minnesota and Kentucky. Minneapolis police have also linked the man to a June incident in Stillwater, where a Muslim woman was harassed by a motorcycle club wearing Aryan Cowboy leather vests. WCCO is not naming Umbrella Man because he has not been arrested or charged. Speculation as to who he might be has been rampant. Last month, St. Paul police were forced to issue a denial along with timestamp photographs showing Umbrella Man was not one of their officers. This is WCCO photojournalist Demine Chun recording his reaction to being tear-gassed. It feels really, really hard to breathe. Behind him, you can see Umbrella Man. Moments later, Chun was capturing images of looters when suddenly you can see the edge of the umbrella and Umbrella Man threatens him. Chun did walk away. I remember that I did listen to him. He did scare me. Chun, who covered the most intense moments of the riots for WCCO, said the incident with Umbrella Man is one he won't forget. I think he's the only one that said something bad to me. 99.99% or 100%. No one... No one said anything to me except him. He was the only <laughs> More in my final thoughts, but what do you get out of that story, man? A police tipster. And they are running with this story all over the country. Yes, they are blaming a member of the Hells Angels, and they're tying them with the Aryan Cowboys over this. I think it is a scapegoat ploy. I think it's BS. You know... Uh, Motor, a 1% motorcycle club like the Hells Angels ain't going to bother themselves getting involved in this crap, and especially not st starting it. But they need to 
scapegoat because, you know, they lost, what, billions of dollars up there in these riots? <laughs> Let me know what you guys think about this one. Uh, now, I read that statement from a witness that claims to be what this at the, the Shell gas station that this story is going to cover. Now, listen to this story. Stabbing, shooting, and Valley View is latest in long line of violence between Hells Angels and Mongols motorcycle gangs. Yes, they are running with this freaking narrative hardcore now. Now, you got to ask yourself, if that statement from the witness was true, what kind of games being played here by the media and law enforcement, by Adam Faris? And I really encourage everybody to email this guy. A shootout in a Nevada casino, a brawl at a San Diego Chuck E. Cheese, a deadly stabbing in San Francisco. The Hells Angels and Mongols motorcycle gang's decade-long feud sparked dozens of incidences of violence over the years in cities across the country. Add to that list, Valley Lee Bu. And I say it like that because, boy, is this story BS. Uh, a quiet suburb about 11 miles south of Cleveland with an estimated population of 1,997 that last experienced deadly violence in 1990. Members of the gang fought Saturday evening in the parking lot of a Shell gas station. The fight ended with one member of the Mongols stabbed and a Hells Angel member dead from a gunshot wound. Now, if you listen to the statement earlier, there was nobody there with Mongol stuff, no support gear, none of that stuff. None of it. So, why is the Mongols' name being floated around? You gotta think, man. Motorcycle gang experts who spoke to Cleveland.com said the hatred between the two runs so deep. They often need no reason to attack each other in public. Oh, look who it comes from. This bonehead who wants to think he's important. Oh my God, this guy. There's such a long-established hatred between the two that it... They see an opportunity there. They're going to take it, said Steve Cook. What a putz. You're such a putz, man. Uh, the president of the Midwest Outlaw Motorcycle Gang Investigation uh, Association. It's pretty consistent wherever you go. If they're around each other, you're going to have a fight, but more likely a shooting or stabbing. That from the biker expert Steve Cook. Dude, you need to go get a hobby or something, man. Go to the corner, pull your pecker, because nobody really cares what you have to say. You're a joke. A joke. You brought down uh, a couple guys out of a motorcycle club. Now, all of a sudden, you're a motorcycle club expert. You're a freaking joke, man. Uh, leave it to this dude. Wherever there's an incident, boy, he's looking for some camera time. The group's two of the largest outlaw motorcycle gangs in the country fought from the onset, experts say. So what are you doing here? Are you giving it, uh, you know, you're trying to give a freaking documentary? What are you doing here with this story? Uh, and again, according to Cook and Chuck Chauville, the president of the International Outlaw Motorcycle Gang Investigator Association, both said retaliation doesn't necessarily happen in the same city. 
at these fucking schmucks. Uh, even though the act happened in Valley View, the next one could happen in California or Arizona or anywhere. Well, don't you think you have to prove they were actually Mongols? Because we have an eyewitness that says this had nothing to do with it. These were just two brothers and blood brothers. I'm not talking biker brothers. And a hangaround started everything. Guy had a CCW, pulled out his gun, shot him off his younger brother. Very interesting, man. Uh, you know, then they're saying Mongols expansion. Okay, let's see. The clubhouse sits on East 67th Street and Indina Avenue. Uh, that is the Hells Angel uh, clubhouse. The group expanded its footprint in Northeast Ohio in recent years with new charters opening in Lake County and Akron and Portage County. The Mongols website, they have 19 states and several countries, but none in Ohio. None. Federal agents conducted search warrants in Ohio in 2018 as part of an investigation into the Mongols gang that ended with 79 arrests in Cali and Colorado. But they don't have any chapters there. Just because there was an, and that one that they're talking about was a, a trans type of deal during Doc Cavallos' time, I believe, with some stuff going on. I don't think they, you know, hey, if Mongols, whatever, supporters, email me, let me know. But I don't think there's one in Ohio, man. I think uh, what we got is an eyewitness that is actually probably uh, true. Uh, Dumb Dumb Cook said the group expanded into Missouri in recent years and established a chapter in Michigan that evaporated. The group has looked to expand in Illinois and Ohio in recent years. They're full of crap, man. You, My God. Anyway, man, I'll go to this one in my final thoughts. You know what? I really don't like Steve Cook. He's such a bullshitter, man. Such a bullshitter. He ain't no gang expert or club expert. He's a joke. Okay, let's go to Corey Graff's Wall of Shame. Atlanta News Now. North Georgia Police Chief Officer resign after being arrested. By Zachary Hansen, the Atlantic Journal-Constitution. Uh, Fairmont Police Chief uh, Chandler uh, Cagle Walter, 31, and Fairmont uh, Police Officer Olan Mark Lowe, 48, both of Calhoun, were charged Friday, the GBI said. Both resigned later that day, according to the news released by Fairmont Mayor Steve Banyan. You guys are in the wall of shame. They each face a count of false official certificates and writings by officers. The C, uh, GBI began its investigation June 11th after the, being contact by the Gordon County District Attorney. The release said the DA accused both of men of falsifying Georgia Peace Officer standards and training records. The specific records that were allegedly doctored were not provided. In addition, Walter and Lowe improperly used two law enforcement networks during a test. Oh, looks like they were cheating. <laughs> uh, according to the Post records, Cagle started his law enforcement career with Marietta Police in 2015. He briefly worked 
at another place and then join in Fairmont. But uh, looks like they were cheating. Yes, they were cheating. You cheat. <laughs> Newark police officers named in federal lawsuit alleging false arrest. No, the cops don't do that. Newark, two Newark uh, police officers have been named in a federal lawsuit alleging they violated a woman's fourth and 14th amendment rights in July of 2019. In a complaint filed in U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Ohio on Friday, plaintiff Claudine Dunn named Newark, uh, Police officers David Burris and Wesley Jackson as defendants in the case. Now, they also get into the wall of shame. According to the complaint, on July 18, 2019, the plaintiff was camping in a tent with her friend, identified in court records as John Wood, on private property owned by a friend in the city of Newark, where she said she has a standing invitation to stay. On the same day, the plaintiff said officers Burris and Jackson were responding to a noise complaint in the woods near where Dunn and her friend were camping. Checking for the source of the noise, the complaint said the officer spoke to the caller who complained of several loud explosions that may have come from the property where the plaintiff and Wood were staying. May have! Another person said a tree service had been in the area, but he didn't think they were still working. Checking the area, the complaint said the officer encountered Dunn's tent, which was located in a clearing on her friend's property. The complaint noted within several feet of the tent was a sign stating in private property. According to the complaint, Burris announced himself as officers approached the tent, asking Wood if he'd heard any explosion. The man replied he had, but believed it was because of the trees being dropped earlier on the property. The complaint said Burris asked for the man's name and he allegedly replied with an alias. When the officers went to check two nearby vehicle registrations, they found one vehicle belonged to Dunn and another vehicle belonging to Wood, not the alleged alias he provided. According to the complaint, uh, officers approached the tent looking for Wood. The complaint said Dunn was the only person in the tent and was naked, which she told the officers. The complaint said Burris deployed his canine to search for Wood asking Jackson to identify Dunn. Uh, then it goes on to this whole thing, man. Holy cow. Uh, they were found not guilty because it was private property. And they are alleging they're going to go after them, which they should. It, it, it's a violation of civil rights like uh, the Fourth Amendment and the 14th. But, yeah, we got our uh, wall of shame, man. You uh, Leos ain't doing too good out there, man. Perry here from Beggar Syndicate Cycles. Just to let you know about the place that has the craziest hats on the market. Apparel that's based all upon bikers, baggers, and brotherhood. And ladies, we didn't forget about you either. Between tank tops and baby doll tees, we have it all. Now just go to BaggerSyndicateCycles.com and check it out. Okay, man, that was uh, Carol from Bagger Syndicate Cycles. Make sure you guys get over there and get your hats. He has a lot of cool freaking shirts too, man. So go check that out. So, from the beginning of the show, and then you seen the article that came out, the witness testimony I was talking about that we got in the beginning. What do you think is the media and law enforcement objective? Now, Steve Cook, 
That's the big mouth. Yeah, that's the big mouth who actually thinks he means something. You know, he had a case, I think it was in Missouri, Kansas City, something like that. Uh, got a couple members of uh, the Goose. And next thing you know, he's going around all over the country saying he's a gang expert, a biker gang expert. And he formed this Midwest uh, Outlaw something blah, blah, blah association. That's what I think of it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> but he's always there. Anytime something happens, he wants to get the limelight. He don't know his ass from a hole in the ground, okay? He's a joke. Now, if you don't like what I'm saying, Steve, you may come on the program and we can have us a great debate, man. Actually, I'm challenging you to it. Come on, Steve. Come on the madhouse. We'll have some fun. Let's see how good you really are. You want some attention? We'll give you some attention. You come on the show, and we're going to debate. I'll let you talk about your so-called expertise, and then I'll rebuff your ass. That's what I'll do. See, you always go to the journalists that don't challenge you. You're not used to being challenged. You go for the easy stuff. Come on the show. Please, I'm begging you. Come on the show. If you're really proud of your organization, then let's debate it. But, do you see what happened there? You have a statement from one person that says, hey, there was no Mongols there. Then there's no Mongol chapters there. But all of a sudden, it becomes this big to-do. Now, I get it. This town only has 1,900 people. So they're pretty, you know... Amazed, I would have to say, that something happened in their small little crap town. Yes, the big bag bikers came and they fought here. <laughs> Come on, really? That whole story is messed up, and I said it from the other day when we covered it, that it's messed up, it don't sound right. And I think we're starting to get some... Uh, real ideal of what's really going on out there uh that thing in minneapolis with umbrella man my god that's gone all over the country now you heard how everybody's reporting it they need somebody to take the blame for what's going on because as yesterday i was talking about the democrats they say it's peaceful protest nothing's happening nothing as everything's burning everywhere around him. So what better thing to do than to say a white supremacist started it and nail it on one of the most popular clubs in the world, the Hells Angels, because everybody knows that name. So let's blame them. And then let's say the same guy was with the Aryan Cowboys who were supposedly and allegedly, which I don't think happened, Hounding a Muslim woman. Boy, is the media narrative getting thick, isn't it? Can you see how bad the propaganda really is now? If you're really a student of the media, which me, I really go over these stories and say to myself, man, I ain't a conspiracist theorist, but damn, really? They're going out that far to try to do something, to try to cover something up? And this ain't me being, you know, a tinfoil hat guy. You can see the holes in the story. But when I got that letter today 
I was like, man, they know something going on there, man. They knew names, the whole nine yards. So, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm going to wait for the video and stuff until I say for sure. But it really does stink. It really does that stuff out in Ohio. Uh, you know what? They're trying to fan the flames is what the hell's going on out there. And it ain't the clubs doing it. It's the damn cops. If you find, and this is my question to them. If you find that the Mongols were not involved in that, will you say so publicly? I want to know, will you come out and correct the report? I'm not only talking about the media, I'm talking about law enforcement now. Are you going to come out and say, hey, we had it wrong? I'll bet you a nice shiny penny you don't. Because it's not part of your plan. Maybe you got to get all the attention off of, you know, what you've been doing around this country with the police brutality, the profiling. You got to draw the public's attention off of you guys. So what better way to do it than with a namesake? That's what it looks like to me. Umbrella man, really a hell's angel? I doubt it. You guys are printing in the media and law enforcement something that came from an email to prove your case i cannot believe that one i really can't that is outrageous and that is not doing a public service right there man that's just being boneheads and making people not trust you any more than they do now unfreaking real <laughs> what do you guys think man you think this is crazy or what stories for the last couple days we've been doing on these incidences and they're all changing all the damn time but what's funny is the rest of these smaller local uh, radio stations and media stations are picking this up and now they're starting to spin it that it was a hell's angel that started the Minneapolis riots over George Floyd yes that's what they're saying now Hopefully, it turns out not to be the truth, and I hope that damn club goes and sues the piss out of whoever's reporting this. I really do, because I find it blatantly freaking funny, is what I do. So, anyway, you know, let me know what you guys think of this, man, because this one really does bug me, because it's no wonder nobody trusts the media and the media used to be where they'd give you the facts and not their opinions and not cover up for political reasons papers were always supposed to be freaking non-political now look at them sad state of affairs man sad state of affairs uh, don't forget to take us with you to work on Spotify and iTunes check out all of our different platforms. You'll see them now. I'll talk to you guys later. You have a good one. I said goodbye. See you later. Vamos. Adios. Ciao. So long. Get your hat Don't forget to go over to HarleyLiberty.com. Get all your motorcycle club news. What's happening in the scene? We have a new article or articles every single day over at HarleyLiberty.com. And don't forget the sister site, BikerLifestyleMagazine.com. If you're into all that kind of manufacturer motorcycle and news, motorcycle rallies and bikers helping the community, motorcycle club editorials and more. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook. Get involved in the conversation. Watch videos done a motorcycle madhouse and more. Also, we have Instagram. Yes, Instagram. 
we have material that is not seen anywhere else. So don't forget, get on our platforms, check out your daily biker news. Rock on! Hey guys, this is Kara from Bagger Syndicate Cycles. I just want to let you know about a place where you can get the greatest apparel, top of the notch, all about baggers, bikers, and brotherhood. And ladies, don't you worry, we didn't forget about you. Check it out at BaggerSyndicateCycles.com. Yo show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to become a subscriber on any one of these platforms so you can be notified right away when our weekly episode is uploaded so you never miss an episode. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari. Join our YouTube channel and get Motorcycle Madhouse and tons of videos related to the bikers. Join now by subscribing for free and become part of the crowd today. Always free and always entertaining. Don't forget to visit us at www.harleyliberty.com for your daily biker news. Rock on!